listening to the Last Gen Podcast brought to you by Miracle Word Ministries. These episodes are specifically created with students in mind. More than ever before, we must know why we believe what we believe, build strong faith, and stay on fire for God. We know that Jesus is coming soon, and we're going to live like this is the last generation. Are you ready? Let's go. Day three of the fast, and that's pretty insane because... Uh, number one, the first three days are always the hardest days. So if you are fasting with us, whether it be six to six or it's the full 21 day fast, I want to encourage you. The worst part is over. Um, I know a lot of people say it's been hard. I've, you know, I've taken a, a, a double take at that McDonald's. I turn left, then I hit a UE and re- try to restrain myself. But I know the, the worst is over the, the hunger's going to start to subside. And, um, but I want to encourage you as we're getting into, you know, the first three days, uh, are the hardest, but as we're getting into the meat of this fast, if you will, I want you to consecrate even more. Now I think it's, I mentioned this on Monday. I think it's kind of insane and kind of crazy that we have this many people that have, that have messaged me, that have told me that they're going to participate in the fast with us because you guys are, you know, some of you guys are 15, 16, 17, 20, 25. And that's uncommon. That's not your, your regular uh, average Christian. That's very uncommon. Um, so I commend you. I really do. I, I can't overstate how um, proud I am of you. And let me just encourage you. This was a quote from my uncle on his broadcast. But he said, uh, it's a very simple quote, but it, he said, and I want you to declare this in the comments, put this in the comments, God will reward me for my faithfulness. God will reward me for my faithfulness. I'm going to do something that many of you guys wouldn't do, but I'm going to swallow this gum because I don't want chewing sounds in the mic because I hear, I hear Zach Ramsey's voice in the back of my head saying, stop chewing your gum so loudly into the mic. So I'm going to take, I'm going to swallow it. I promise a gum tree is not going to grow in my stomach. Just like swallowing any other piece of thing. Awesome. Um, God will reward me for my faithfulness, and he will. And let me encourage you even more, because there are, you know, adults that are fasting and praying, and I commend them. But I extra commend you. Because there's a lot of adults that wait until they're, you know, in their 20s or 30s to get serious. And they wait until they've got a career and they're, okay, now I can do like the big boy things of Christianity. But what you don't realize as a young person is you are sowing seeds into your future that, I mean, and you, some people don't fully grasp or grasp the, the impact it's making. But I promise you, 10 years down the road, you will not be where you would be if you didn't take these steps in consecration. There's a, there's a huge difference between a Christian that fasts and prays and a Christian that does not fast and pray. There is a huge difference, and that's actually what we're going to be talking about today. The difference. Why is there a difference in Christians? Why is it that you can see some Christians, and, and just being around them, you feel the presence of God, while other Christians are always complaining, they're always uh, murmuring that, you know, it's a hard thing to serve the Lord. Why is it that there's some Christians 
who are, f- feels like you've literally stepped in to a Holy Ghost service just talking to them either on the phone or being in their presence, and there's others that are always struggling and always trying to get by. We're going to be talking about that today. Um, and then I will say, I will, at the end, take questions. So, if you have a question about fasting and praying, about what we're doing, things about the fast, you know, people have a lot of questions about fasting. Um, and that's totally okay. It's not super, you know, common to talk about in church. But if you do have a question about specific things, it can be about, uh, you know, am I allowed to have this drink? Is this drink okay? You know, like, what do you recommend for this? What do you, you know, advice on this during fasting and prayer? I want you to um, put that put that question in the comments, and then we'll get back to the questions at the end. All right. So put that question in the comments, so you don't have to hold it to the end and you'll forget it. Um, but we'll get to those questions. So before I get into it, I want to thank my cousin Maddie for this amazing mug. It says, I never asked to be the world's best cousin, but here I am absolutely crushing it. Cheers to my cousin Maddie. And it is true, I am the world's best cousin, but you know, what's it to you? Let's get into it. I purpose these sessions um, specifically for teaching and prayer, but I want to make, I want to put a huge emphasis on the prayer, because prayer is such a huge, it's not even like, it's such a huge part of fasting that if you fast without praying, you are, you are wasting your time, wasting your time. My uncle even says this, um, and he got this from another great man of God, but he said, if you're not praying for at least an hour a day while you're fasting, you might as well eat. If you're praying for at least an hour a day, or if you're not praying for at least an hour a day when you're fasting, you might as well eat. Because fasting without prayer is just a hunger strike. If fasting uh, created power, then every starving child would be the most anointed uh, person in the world. Every homeless person would, would have breakthrough. But it's not just fasting. It's fasting and prayer. It's the prayer coupled with fasting. So... I'm just going to take a few minutes to build your faith, and then we're going to pray together, and I want you to pray with me. This is not an, I'm on here to watch Alex pray. This is a, let's receive the word, let's receive the teaching, then let's like separately in our own houses, whether you have to go into your bedroom, whether you have to go into your car, whether you have to get alone, you're actually setting this uh, time aside and you're focusing only on God. Though my voice will be in the background, all your other last-gen friends are praying right now with you, but I want you to set your focus on the Lord and we're going to actually pray um, and I'm going to guide you through it so you know you don't feel like, oh, I prayed for everything, now what do I pray for, right? All right. I want to start in... Acts chapter 19. Acts chapter 19. And I want to start in verse 13. I've entitled today, New Levels of the Anointing. New Levels of the Anointing. Now, I want to clarify something at the the outset of this broadcast. 
I hear a lot of people, a lot of people, uh, Holy Ghost preachers, whatever, spirit-filled, they'll say stuff like, we need, we need a greater anointing. We need a greater anointing in the church. I'm praying for a greater anointing for you. I'm, I'm believing God for a greater anointing. I want you to make this distinction in your mind. There is no greater anointing than the Holy Spirit. There is no anointing greater than the Holy Spirit. There's one anointing. That's the Holy Spirit. Acts 10.38, no doubt you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. So you have to understand, it's not that like, oh, I have a greater anointing than you and you have a greater anointing than me. Because there is no greater anointing than the Holy Spirit. What else are you going to get? If you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, anointed by God, you know, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, what more is there? What, are you going to get uh, the Holy Spirit's older brother? No. The Holy Spirit is the greatest anointing there is. So, and I get what people are trying to say when they say this. Uh, we need a greater anointing. They're saying we need to be able to release the anointing at the greatest possible level. Because it's very clear to tell that as you look across the body of Christ, not everyone is at the same level. I mentioned this uh, quite a bit. I've mentioned it quite a bit recently. But I, I personally detest when people try to uh, make it seem like we're all on the same level here. Like, you know, like, and, and I was speaking earlier in, in regards to ministry gifts. Like, how many know we're all apostles? It's like, no, we're not. Like, there's a specific thing called an apostle given by Jesus. That's an apostle. Not everyone's an apostle. How many know we're all evangelists? Yes, we're all called to win souls, but not everyone's an evangelist. An evangelist is a ministry gift. But it's very clear. You know, people will say, well, it's not, you know, <laughs> like, like I had this reel. Like, we posted this reel in the last gen um, entitled, Your Pastor is Not Your Bro. Your Pastor is Not Your Bro. If you remember that. That, that reel blew up. It got like 65,000 views and hundreds and hundreds of hate comments. And the contents of the video that was so hated um, was me saying, I hate when people, I said, I said, don't call your pastor by your first name like he's your bro. Well, like, hey, hey, John, how's it going, bro? I hate, and I said, I hate when people disrespect authority like that. Your, your pastor is your pastor. Your bro is your bro. Treat them accordingly. Right? And people are all up in the comments and they're saying, you know, this is, where did you get this false gospel? We're all on the same level. Stop elevating pastors to a special degree. You're, you're putting pastors on a pedestal and it's going to cause, it's, it's going to cause corruption in the church. I'm not putting, I'm not saying that pastors are at a greater level of salvation than, than uh, lay people. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that someone who works miracles has more value than someone who's never seen a miracle. What I am making the point, the point I'm making is, it's very clear not every Christian is operating on the same level. So, how do we operate in a greater level? 
We already have the Holy Spirit. If you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit and fire, you have the anointing. You are anointed, whether you feel like it or not. I don't, I don't wait to get anointed before I teach or preach. I don't uh, pray up or, or muster up the anointing before I talk to someone about Jesus. I am anointed. I'm already anointed. You're already anointed. That's the, that's the state that you constantly live in. I am anointed. In fact, put that in the comments as your confession today. I am anointed. And that way, you'll, you'll never listen to the voices of the devil that say, you know, I don't feel it right now. I don't feel the Holy Spirit. I don't feel like I can lay hands on this sick person and see healing. Who cares? Since when does it go by feeling? I'm anointed whether I feel like it or not. I am anointed. That's right, Desiree. I am anointed. But how do we operate in a greater measure of the anointing? We'll get into that in this broadcast. Um, I had you turn to Acts 19 if you have your Bible open, and we're going to start in verse uh, 13. Acts 19, 13. Yes, it would help if I were actually there. Acts 19.13. Many of you know the story. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists undertook uh, to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus Christ over uh, those who had evil spirits, saying, I adjure you in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches. Seven sons of a Jewish high priest named Sceva were doing this. But the evil spirit answered them, saying, Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who are you? That's a rough spot when the devil says, oh, I know Jesus, I know Paul, but who in the world are you? I want to tell you today, it's not impressive you know, I've, I've actually heard a religiously, like, like in a religious voice, you know, a person say this. Does it matter who knows my name as long as the Lord knows my name? I thought to myself, is that, is that really impressive? Like, like, to be honest, is that really impressive? God is omnipotent. He's omnipresent. He's omnipotent. He's, uh, he's omniscient, right? God knows everything. If he knows your name, that is every person on the world. I don't care if the devil knows my name, as long as God knows my name. No, I'd actually flip it, because God knows your name whether you're anointed or not. But the devil is a finite being. Demons are finite beings. They don't know everything. They're not omniscient. They're not God. So they actually have a list of people on the earth today that they know and that they do not know. The devil knew who Billy Graham was. The devil knew who Oral Roberts was. The devil knew who uh, R.W. Shambach was, A.A. Allen, Maria Woodworth Eder. The devil knows all their names. The devil knows my uncle's name. The devil knows my uncle's dad's name. In fact, I believe he tells the story, and correct me, Auntie Carolyn or Uncle Ted, if you're watching, if I'm wrong, but they were, uh, my uncle and his dad, he recounts a story that he was walking through Walmart, him and his dad, and as they're casually walking through Walmart, a demon-possessed man comes up 
to uh, the two of them. And, and, he, and he says in this d- demonic, obviously, voice, and he says, oh, if it isn't Shambok's sidekick. The devil knew him, right? And not, not to make so many references to, you know, Shuttlesworths, but there's a lot of them. It's hard, it's hard not to. Um, my uncle's uncle, Pastor Terry Shuttlesworth in Virginia Beach, Virginia, uh, pastor of Dominion Christian Center, had a, had a message uh, one time called, who in hell are you? Who in hell are you? I remembered it because it's funny. Who in hell are you? Please don't get that as a soundbite. Who in hell are you? Do you have an identity in hell? Does the devil know who you are? Or are you like an NPC, a non-playable character in the eyes of hell? You're not causing any problems. You're not stirring up any demonic spirits. You're just there. Who in hell are you? See, the devil takes note of the people that harass him the most. I've made up my mind. I want to have an identity in hell. I want their board meeting to be what are they going to do about me. Heard one preacher say, you're not, you shouldn't be checking under your bed for the devil. The devil should be checking under his bed for you. And that's exactly right. So notice in this story, Acts 19, there are uh, seven sons of a Jewish high priest named Sceva. And they're going around trying to do exactly what they heard Paul doing earlier. And they said, we command you in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, to come out. The devil said, Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who are you? Then, and the man in whom uh, was the evil spirits leaped on them, mastered them all, and overpowered them so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. And this became known to all the residents of Ephesus, both Jews and Greeks. When the devil doesn't know your name, he has the authority to beat you up. So there are people that that hell literally has no respect for. But there are also people who are very uh, influential and that I bet, you know, I mean, I can't even imagine what, you know, if you want to think about it, because hell is a reality. There are demons. There, there, the devil is real. You know, these aren't fictional forces or like archetypes of characters. Like, you know, like the devil is your worst dreams. No, the devil isn't your worst dreams. The devil is a character, a person or a personality. He's a demon. He's a real character, right? So imagine what it was like during uh, the ministry of Oral Roberts or A.A. Allen. I bet they were on high alert Seeing, seeing tents of tens of thousands packed, seeing polio healed, seeing blindness healed, hepatitis healed, having hepatitis night, polio night, where everyone with polio in that tent got healed. Everyone with hepatitis in that tent got healed. I bet hell was on red alert. But the sad reality is most Christians live at a level where they will not make one impact on anything the devil's doing to the, to the point that it literally 
does not make any difference in the spiritual battle. I don't want that to be me. And, you know, I, I thought to myself uh, earlier, why is it, and people could ask me this question, people have asked me this question, because, you know, growing up, when I grew up in my school, I knew, I knew Christians in my high school. I didn't know any Pentecostal Christians. And if they were Pentecostal, they did a great job of hiding it. Very, very good job of hiding it. But I, I really uh, didn't know any Pentecostal Christians. So when I started uh, posting things, especially during the lockdown, during 2020, when I started posting things about, you know, I'm not afraid of the virus, I'm not afraid of, the, I'm not afraid, you know, COVID has no dominion over me. People had questions. And so I kind of had to explain to them my, my belief system, why I'm a Pentecostal. And really, if I were to think about that question, Alex, why are you a Pentecostal? Why are you not a Methodist? Why are you not a Baptist? Why are you not a Presbyterian? I could say it was originally because, you know, I studied the Bible and I figured out that, you know, I figured out that like the baptism of the Holy Ghost and, you know, and, and I figured it out doctrinally that this is what the Word of God says. That's not why I initially became interested in the Pentecostal experience. I wish it was. It, it wasn't. The initial reason I got interested in the Pentecostal experience is because I saw a huge disparity between those who had it and those who don't. And what do you mean by it? Those who had the anointing and those who don't. Those who were anointed and those who weren't. And I got such a distaste for um, ministry done without the anointing. I really did because I saw two uh, separate types of Christians. Like I said earlier, I saw those who had the power to shake hell. And then I saw those who went from struggle to struggle. The devil mastered them in every area of their life. And so I got a distaste, not for the people, but for that, that way of living, that uh, instead of having dominion over the devil, the devil having dominion over you, instead of tra trampling on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, the, the reverse happening. I really got a distaste for that. And so I looked at those who obviously had the power, obviously had the anointing. And so I, I said, you know, I made up my mind. I'm going to be that. I'm not going to be that. I, I, I would rather do anything than be that. I want to be that. I want to be anointed. I want to have that on my life, whatever it is. You know, it's funny. I, I got a haircut today. And um, the barber that I went to uh, knows my uncle. Uh, or, you know, obviously my uncle takes in um, the kids to get their haircut. So this is baby Ted's barber. And so he's trying to, you know, he, this barber really loves my uncle, like really does. He, like, he can only say nice things about it. The whole time, really, he was just talking about, you know, my uncle. And I was like, all right. So this whole time, he's trying to explain to me, like, why? You know, he's a Christian, but he's not a Pentecostal, I don't believe. But just by the verbiage of the words he was using, but uh, he was trying to explain to me, like, why he liked my uncle's ministry, like why he felt like dry. He was using words and the words that people use, it's very clear that people can sense the anointing and then they can sense when there's no anointing. And he was saying like, I, I don't know, man. It's just like, 
there's just like this draw when he speaks and like and then they try to find natural things like he's just so passionate I was thinking yeah he's passionate but it's not just passion and he, he was saying like I don't know he's just a he's just an engaging public speaker I was thinking yeah he's an engaging public speaker it's not public speaking Oh, there's just, I, I don't know, he's just relatable. Yeah, he's relatable, but it's not because he's relatable. What makes a person different? I want you to put this in the comments. The anointing makes the difference. The anointing makes the difference. I would rather die and go to heaven than be a powerless Weak Christian. I really would. I really would. That, that's not for you. Your life isn't supposed to be void of power. The Bible says in the last days there will be those who have a form of godliness but deny the power. But that's not going to be you. That is not going to be you. And I can tell, obviously, it's not going to be you by virtue of the fact that you are on a fasting and prayer live stream. That you guys have, have committed to the Lord that... You're going to not eat for 21 days, whether it's six to six or whether it's the full 21 day fast or, or whatever you've chosen to do. But you've, you've covenanted with the Lord. I'm not going to eat because I need your presence more than food. That's the difference. That's the difference between the average, between us and then the average uh, carnal Christian. That a meal is more important than the anointing. Not for me. I would rather die than be a powerless Christian. I'm telling you that as a matter of fact. You ever been in a service where the preacher's preaching, everything he says is right. Uh, the scriptures he used, amen to those scriptures. The points he were making, they're, they're scriptural. But you, you started looking at the end for some sort of rope to fashion in a circular manner and a beam in the wall to hang it from. Why is it that you could listen to one preacher and by the end, you, you're like, you could have been tired going in, but by the end, you're on your feet. You're shouting things that you never thought you'd shout. Even introverts are like, hey man, praise God. You know, what's the difference between that preacher and someone who, you know, eh, you know what I'm saying? It's the anointing. It's the anointing. This is going to be us. So I, I already showed you the lack of the anointing. Acts 19, 13. The sons of Sceva. Let's, let's uh, contrast it with this. Acts 19, 11. And God was doing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs or aprons that have touched his skin were carried away to the sick, and their diseases left them. And the evil spirits came out of them. So what's, there's a difference between someone who got beat by the devil and someone whose even the clothes on their skin was enough to drive the devil out of town. I want that to be me. I want to be the person who the clothes on their skin drives the devil out of town. How do we access a greater measure or a greater level of the anointing? How do we release the anointing in a greater way? How do we see that virtue that heals the sick? The virtue that cleanses the leper, makes the blind to see, the deaf to hear, the lame to walk. 
how do we get that from on the inside because you have it, you have the anointing, you are anointed out. How do you do that? How do you increase the level of anointing operating in your life? Well, number one, one of the most effective ways to do it is fasting and praying. Fasting and praying. And you're doing that. You're doing that. So one of our prayer points for these 21 days should be, Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit in my life. But I ask you that we would see even greater works done by the anointing in this year. I pray that you'd increase the measure of anointing in my life. Allow me to release the anointing at a greater capacity. That should be our prayer. So that's going to be our prayer. We're going to start praying. And I want you to pray with me. But the first thing you have to do, if you're going to access a, a level in the anointing where you're actually dangerous to the devil, first you have to have a distaste for being mediocre. A distaste for being mediocre. Where it's, it's a dissatisfaction with the norm. Like, I, I, don't, I don't want to be someone who goes through life only knowing that, that I'm, you know, praise God, because at the end of this thing, I get to go to heaven. That thing was a, a disaster. No, I want to be someone that every day of my life is a problem for the devil, that I cause problems for the devil. And I know that's going to be you too. So we're going to pray. But I'm going to lead you in prayer. So you have to go. If you have to go to your room, go to your room. If you have to go to a private place, go, because we're going to pray. And I want you, you can turn me down, but I'm going to lead you in prayer. We're going to actually pray. Don't just sit on your phone and watch me. A lot of people on the replay, if you're watching on the replay and that was your plan, you were just going to watch me, rethink it. You don't get anything if I'm just over here praying. I can't do your praying for you. You have to get dissatisfied with the norm. You have to press into God. I'll give you one story before we start praying. There was a man, I mentioned him earlier, by the name of A.A. A. Allen. A.A. A. Allen. He was a great preacher. Great preacher. And a great man of God. His healing miracles were unprecedented at the time. Um, he ministered in the 40s and in the 50s. He was an evangelist, but he started out as a pastor. And he was a pastor of this church. And he... Um, you know, he had a good church. It wasn't anything wrong. There wasn't, you know, it wasn't disaster. But he started thinking to himself and he started getting confused and angry and kind of asking God the question, Lord, why is it that nobody's getting healed in my church? Why is it that I pray for everyone and no one's getting healed? Why is it? And he started asking the Lord, and he said that he developed such a hunger to receive miracle-working power that he would, uh, you know, a lot, go into his closet, shut the door, turn off the lights, and he said he would make up in his mind, I'm not leaving here until Jesus gives me the answer. I'm not going to eat. 
I'm not going to sleep. I'm not going to drink until Jesus gives me the answer. And he said many times he would go into the closet and he'd say, all right, I'm going to pray. Father, and he would start praying. And then he said he would smell the uh, scent of his wife cooking hamburgers in the next room. And then he'd say, Lord, we'll, we'll start the fast tomorrow. And then he'd get out. Isn't that the story for many people's prayer lives? Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. Oh, I get a text on my phone. All right, Lord, I'll see you later. It's the truth. But he said over and over and over again, he would break the fast, break the fast, and he'd break his prayer time. Joanna is shouting Jesus. Amen. Jesus. Um, and he said, finally, finally, he had done it so many times. Finally, he gets in the closet and he said, Lord, this time's different. I will not leave until I get my answer. I'll not leave. Kind of like Jacob. Lord, I will not leave. I won't let you go until you bless me. Man, that's the kind of faith you have to have. Father, I will not let you go until you bless me. Many people say, oh, that's prideful. You know, you're not going to let God. That's in the Bible. And guess what God did? He gave him a new name. He changed his identity. He raised him to a higher level. So if you desire to be the person that uh, works at a higher level, you've got to have a boldness to say, Father, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. That's the whole reason we're fasting. 21 days. I will not let you go until, until you bless me. I'm not leaving this 21-day fast until I pressed in. So I want to encourage you, if you're fasting, don't, don't waste the fast. Don't get a little prayer time in, and don't let this be your only prayer time. We're only praying for 30 minutes. You should pray more. You should pray throughout the day. You should pray when you wake up. Make this the most spiritual three weeks of your life. Don't waste it, because I promise you, if you do, if you cruise through this fast, you'll look back on you know, January 23rd, you'll look back, you'll have that meal. The first meal, I promise you, first meal, if you slack on this fast, first meal you'll eat, you'll be like, ah, oh, man. And it'll be, uh, you'll, you'll regret it. You'll say, man, I wish, you know, what would have happened if I pressed in more? What would have happened? And I promise you, by the end of this fast, a lot of people are going to feel like going more. No, let's do 30 days. It's going to happen. That's why we're fasting. Father, I'm not stopping until... That's right, Jaden. I'm not stopping until you bless me. Or Joanna. I'm not stopping until you bless me. That's violent faith. The Bible says the violent take it by force. And he did that. He said, Father, I will not leave this place, Jesus, until you show me what I've been missing. I want to see miracles. I want to see your people here. What do I have to do to see miracles? And as he made that covenant, the Lord took him up in an open vision. And he said he saw Jesus, but he was standing like nine feet tall. Or I forget, was it 90 feet? I don't know. Very, very, he, was, he was high up in the sky. He saw Jesus. And Jesus said to him, he said, Son, I'm going to give you things that will cause you to, to have what you've desired to have miracle working power. And he said, he grabbed the nearest thing he can write on and the nearest thing he could write with, which was a piece of cardboard and a, pen, a pencil that he had to sharpen in the dark. And he started writing. He's seeing Jesus. He's seeing it in an open vision. I see Jesus and he's, and he's telling me things. 
Jesus gives him 11 things, 11 practical steps he needs to take in order to see miracles in his life. He gave him two more that were personal, and he writes in his book that he records all of this in, The Price of God's Miracle Working Power. He um, writes and he says, the Lord will give you personal things as well, but those two he personally gave me. But I'm going to give you the 11. So he, give, he gives the 11. And if you haven't read that book, you should. The Price of God's Miracle Working Power by A.A. A. Allen. We actually at Miracle Word publish that book. So go on Amazon and you'll see it's under Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. You can, you can purchase that book, The Price of God's Miracle Working Power. Okay, so he gives them all these things. One of them, and one of, one of, he says this is a very important point, is that you fast and pray and seek the Lord. Do what I did. Don't let God go until you bless me. Don't let him go until he blesses me. That's the kind of faith we're going to have. So I want you to start praying. We're going to enter his gates with thanksgiving, like always, into his courts with praise. I'm, kind of, I'm trying to teach you here how to, how to pray. We start by praising and thanking God. We start by thanking him for everything he's done, praising him for who he is and what he does, praising him for his mighty acts of greatness, as the Bible says. And then we start requesting the Lord for things. Father, in Jesus' name, and start praying with me. Start thanking him for the you know, personal things in your life. I've got, I've got much to be thankful for right now. I do, personally. I do for this ministry. I have a lot to be thankful for. I have a lot. You are, are something I'm thankful for. So let's thank, thank God. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for all the people that are watching. I thank you that you still have a remnant of people that won't let you go until you bless them. Father, as we're pressing into you tonight, I pray that you would encounter us powerfully. Encounter us powerfully. Until we can look back and say, I'm not the same person that I used to be. I've obviously changed levels. I've obviously changed my name. Lord, I thank you for everything you've done. I thank you for your word. I thank you that you're my healer. I thank you that you're my provider. Thank you that, that you said in the word that even in famine, the righteous shall eat in plenty. I thank you that no famine or food shortages or increase in prices or mortgage rate increases can price me out because you own all the silver and all the gold. Nothing can price me out. I thank you, Lord, that nothing can price me out. In Jesus' name. Thank you that you're our provider. Thank you that you're our healer. Thank you for keeping us strong and healthy. Thank you for healing all of our sicknesses and diseases. Thank you for bearing sickness on the cross. That though you were healing yourself, you became sickness. That we could become healed. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. We praise you, God. You're such a wonderful God. You're such a wonderful Father. You're such a wonderful Savior. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for filling me with the Holy Spirit. Start praying in the Holy Ghost. Abriondi <laughs> 
India romondi kiria barambo sheparriastoto. Hendia boropo coste repete shemparapate. Siparopo soporo. If you can pray in the Holy Ghost, you should be praying in the Holy Ghost. If you can't, just start, keep telling Jesus how much you love him. And I'm believing with you that God's going to fill you with the Holy Ghost right there, baptize you in the Holy Spirit. Be filled in Jesus' name. Thank you for overwhelming joy. Thank you that the Bible says that I have more joy in my heart than they have when their grain and wine abound. Thank you, Jesus, that my joy is not circumstantial. Thank you, Lord. Picture yourself in the throne room of God because that spiritually is where you are. The Bible says we approach Him with boldness, with confidence, knowing that whatever we ask Him, we have whatsoever we ask for. So don't be timid. Father, thank You. Thank you that we're the righteousness of God in Christ. Thank you that there's not one sin between me and you. Thank you that you've raised me up to be seated with Christ in heavenly places. Thank you that there's no difference in your eyes between Jesus and me, that you see me as a righteous son of God. You don't see my sin. You don't see my past. You, you see me as right standing with you. Thank you, Lord. Father, let this be a year that we don't look the same as when we started this fast. Father, let even by the end of the fast, there be notable difference in our life. In Jesus' name. These are the moments that will cause change in your life. These are the types of moments when you're alone with God that you hear His voice. These are the types of moments when you're praying in tongues that you hear direction for your life. Don't discount these moments. These are some of the most important moments in your entire life. And I'm not over-exaggerating. When you wholeheartedly Press in. Pray to God. These are the most influential and important moments of your life. Treat it as such. Now tell this to the Lord. Father, this year, this night, I consecrate myself anew and afresh to you today. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do where you want me to do. I'll say what you want me to say. My life is not my own. My life is yours. 
It's Christ who lives in me. Thank you, Jesus. You are Lord of my life. You are Lord of my life. Hendia robos diante de behendeshe. Ro pokos dia pare pese pentia mahai. Ro te shem perikendiste te maramba odore ekendias dore mekiria mahai. O braiste te masteti. Hindia barambo goremende jimbaramaso po ebrekeste embende. Ebrakista rapa castete. Inda rapa shopo estena mandehe. Inda rapa costo ete mastepi. Ripo ropo te mantina mande she perikeste. Onde reke semparapake. Shimbarakaste. Father, right now, anoint us fresh with a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, give us a fresh measure of your Spirit. Like you did in Acts 4, refill us with the Holy Ghost. Refill us with boldness to speak your word. In Jesus' name. Ebramande shepe ebrikesteti. Ebram poroko entabarikestentirie andoshdo remende kerebe. Rombaka. Keep pressing in. Ripati. Ranteshe. Rompoko. Enda saparakostoto. Inda rambo shempore endeke. Now pray this, Father, take me to new levels this year. New levels in my finances. New levels in my relationships. New levels in my calling. New levels in my purpose. Take me to new levels in the anointing. Let this year be an open faucet of the anointing through us in Jesus' name. Let it be an open faucet of the anointing through us in Jesus' name. Thank you that we are, we're not waiting on revival. We have the spirit of revival. Thank you that you are the spirit of revival. That we're not waiting on our miracle. We have our miracle in Jesus' name. E riambo e keste, robo go rependishite, e starakondostete. Now start praying this. This is a kingdom prayer. Father, use me and those around you, or those around me that are pressing into you, use us to shake the kingdom of hell before it's too late. Use us in a new way. Use me now, Lord, in, in more times than, than I have in, in all my life put together. Use me to see more people saved. Use me to see more people healed. Use me to see greater in Jesus' name. Use me to see greater in Jesus' name. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray something selfishly. Father, in Jesus' name, use Miracle Word Church to shake the area of West Palm Beach and South Florida. Use us to see souls saved. Increase our numbers quickly. Increase everything that we touch quickly. I command a building to come in in Jesus' name. And anything withholding it to be cut off in Jesus' name. We thank you that this won't be an average church. But this will be a church that is, it's evident that your glory resides in this church. Father, let it increase quickly. Let it increase quickly. Let it increase quickly. In Jesus' name. Father, use Last Gen Youth as it launches, as in-person services. Let addicted people stumble through and be healed. Let, let 
depressed people stumble through and be delivered in Jesus' name. Let it empty the bathrooms of high schools where they vape and smoke. Let it cause an Acts chapter 19 uproar in the high schools in Jesus' name. Use me, Lord, to preach your unadulterated word with signs following. We thank you, Lord, that last-gen youth will not be a powerless youth group with just games and food. We thank you that it's going to be a place where people know if I step foot in there, I will get set free. Thank you, Lord, for quickly increasing our numbers and reach in Jesus' name. Give us influence with the schools. Give us influence with the high schools and the middle schools. We thank you that we're not called to do anything small in Jesus' name, but it will be big. It will be big in Jesus' name. It will be big. Now, and I'm just going by the Spirit, I want you to pray because one of the ways that you're able to step into a new place in the anointing and one of the major ways, God's system, one of God's major faucets for that is impartation. I want you to pray right now for those who are over you, whether it be your pastor, whether it be your spiritual uh, leadership. Start praying for them. Start praying for them. You should be praying for them daily. And if, if you don't have someone like that in your life, we're going to pray that God quickly connects you with someone who's gone farther, done more, and has done greater than you have that will impart to you. In Jesus' name. Father, for those who desire it, I pray that you'd bring people into their life. Connect them with men and women of God. Connect them with people that will bring them further in their calling and that will give impartation to their lives. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for evangelist Ted and Carolyn. I thank you for their lives. I thank you that they've not backed down. I thank you that they're still preaching the word. I thank you that we're still seeing miracles. I thank you for their faithfulness. Lord, bless them this year more than they've ever seen it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you for connecting me with them. Thank you for bringing me here. In Jesus' name. Thank you for impacting my life through them. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. If you have a prayer request before we close, I want you to put it in the comments. Those who are watching on the replay, if you have a prayer request, you can still put it in the comments. I will see it personally and I will pray for you. We're going to see breakthroughs in 2023. We're going to see breakthroughs during this fast. You're going to see that it's evident that as you press into God's Spirit, not only will things change, but you will change. And, and people will be able to tell. Just like they said in the book of Acts. These men are not, un, these men are not educated. They're common men. But we can tell that they've been with Jesus.
on my tombstone, I don't want it to be my greatest accomplishments. I don't want it to be uh, my, my amazing feats. I don't want it to be my degree or lack thereof. I don't want it to be <laughs> anything else. I don't want it to be any human metric. I want it to be Alex. He has been with Jesus. In fact, as we're closing, every single person that's on, I want you to type your name. Rebe Rebecca, she has been with Jesus. Joanna, she has been with Jesus. Put in the comments. She has been with Jesus. He has been, Joshua, he has been with Jesus. Caitlin, she has been with Jesus. Blake, he has been with Jesus. Gidalti, she has been with Jesus. Vanessa, she has been with Jesus. That's right. That's what I want to be known for. Because that's how people can sense the anointing. That thing that sinners and, and other Christians, the way they describe it, I don't know, it's just such a presence. There's just such a, I don't know, it's, it's passion. It's not passion. He's been with Jesus. That's it. That makes the difference. That's the anointing. That's the tangible presence of God on your life. That's right. Joshua, he has been with Jesus. And if there's anything that I've done to that, I want, I want to inspire you to not let this be the end. When I get off, I want this to just be a kickstart to your prayer time. Let, let me challenge you. I don't think people challenge people anymore. But let me challenge you. Let's, you know, people say, you know, let, don't ask too much of them or else they're not doing it. I don't believe that. I believe that Gen Z has been in such a spot where no, nobody expects them to do anything. Oh, that's the lazy generation. They're half, half doing everything. So little has, has been asked of us and challenged of us that, you know, Gen Z is looking for something to be a part of that costs something. You'd think that if you put a challenge out to people or you put like a, a cost on something like Jesus did, pick up your cross and follow me, people would be like, oh, no, thanks. You know, I, I want something that, that requires nothing of me. That's actually the opposite. It's like, it's like putting a time limit on your party. The party's going to be only 30 minutes. Well, I already know it's going to suck. If, it's, if, you're not, if you're not putting any value on it, why should I? Right? But I believe Gen Z is in a place where we're looking for a challenge. We're looking for someone to challenge us, not to do the average, but to do the more. That's why, you know, that's why not just Miracle Word Ministries is fasting, as, as the adults who are connected to the ministry, the Victory Tribe, but also Last Gen is fasting. That's why. Because I don't believe, and I, I promise you, I, when, when Last Gen Youth is in person, it will not be like a lesser church, like a lesser church service where we're gluing a pasta onto paper or, you know, whatever, doing games and pizza, whatever. And then I'm not dumbing things down for you. It will be a, a move of God. And I'm not dumbing things down. I don't need to dumb things down. I always hated that when people would dumb, dumb things down and they would use, I, I don't even know, like try to use trendy analogies so that it would get with me. How about the Word of God? We're not going to talk about things that have no value. It's going to be the Word of God. So let me challenge you. Let me call you higher. Let this not be the end of your prayer. Let this be a kickstart to your prayer. We're going to pray just one more time. 
and let it be as I sign off. I don't want you to be like, all right, glad that's over. Let it be a kickstart. Just keep praying. Keep praying as long as you can. And then my uncle's going to be back at 9 o'clock. And I would recommend, if you're already going, <laughs> slapping people with tortillas and water in the mouth. If you're already going to press in this whole night, why not give it all to God? Why not just say, all right, Lord, from now until whenever evangelist Ted gets done, this is all, this is all consecrated to you. This is how you don't uh, sleep your fast away or scroll your fast away. You make intentional uh, point to say, I'm setting aside other things. There's going to be some sacrifice here. I'm calling you to sacrifice. God's calling you to sacrifice. Fasting, take sacrifice. So let this not, not be the end. Let it, let it kickstart. I promise you, I really care about your spiritual well-being. I would not get on if I didn't. I really care that you build deep roots in prayer with God. I wouldn't be praying with you if, I didn't, if that wasn't the case. I want to see your prayer life transform. But it's not going to happen if you do less and less or the same and the same. You have to do more and more. It's seed time and harvest. Everything's seed time and harvest. I sow seeds into my prayer life, I see a harvest. Get to know God in an intimate way during these 21 days. Father, thank you. Thank you for this time. I'll end with this prayer. Father, give us a greater capacity to believe you. If our prayer requests have been too small, convict us, tell us, And let us change it in Jesus' name. Father, give us big things to pray for. For your word says, you do exceeding abundantly and above all that we could ever ask or think. So let us dream big and we'll watch you exceed it in Jesus' name. Give us a greater capacity to believe you. For those who are seeking you to hear your voice, voice as they press in tonight, Lord, I pray that as they speak in tongues, as they pray to you, as they press into you, they would hear the voice. This is the way. Walk ye therein. Turn not to the right or the left. This is the way. Show them the way. Show them the way forward. Lead them like you did the Israelites. Lead them like you did the apostles. Lead them like you did Jesus. Thank you in Jesus' name that you're showing us where we're supposed to go. Showing us things we need to stop, things we need to start, things we need to hurry up on. In Jesus' name. These are the type of nights. You can't, you can't, there's nothing else that can replace a time where you set everything aside. And say, my only focus is Jesus. It's like that song. That song I love. And I've sang it on the podcast before. And I'm not a singer, but I'm going to sing it. It goes, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim. In the light of his glory and grace. That's what happens. Press into the Lord. Father, take us deeper in prayer tonight. In Jesus' name.
And I pray that you'd reward all your faithful people for pressing into you. Thank you.